Hey everyone, it's Vijay from Block2, the market leader in adblock revenue recovery, and you're listening to Slice of AdTech. On this show, we chat with AdTech industry experts to explore the ideas, strategies, and revenue-making opportunities that they're taking advantage of, so the rest of us can start doing the same. Now, let's kick things off. Today, I'm speaking with Christina Fiascanaro, SVP of Customer Success at Freestar. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you. Christina, I want to first start with a little bit about your background. How did you get started into the ad tech industry? Yeah, sure. So I started in the industry on the TV side, actually. So I, um, right out of college, got in a role at Nickelodeon, which was very exciting. I worked there for about six years, which was a long time ago. I remember at that time, mobile advertising was just starting to become a thing. So TV was really the revenue stream for brands at that time. And I had always been interested in the digital side of the business. The sites at Nickelodeon were managed very differently because their core audience is children. So it was a different type of digital atmosphere than what we know today. So I, I took a jump to another company as a direct salesperson on the digital side and really started to get my feet wet there. Uh, then I went to a publisher for a little bit and ultimately landed at Undertone for about four years where I really picked up my knowledge of ad tech, programmatic, header bidding, and working with publishers. And while I was at Undertone, I actually had signed Freestar as a partner and I really got to know the team. I saw the vision of the company at that time, the business model. It was only about 25 people at that time. And I saw the hustle there. So it was something I couldn't look away from. So I eventually uh, decided to join and I haven't looked back since. Freestar's growth has been incredible. I think at one point, Freestar was ranked the fastest growing company in America, right? Yes, in 2019. And we've actually been on that list every year since then. So it's been a really excited journey to be a part of. That's amazing. Also, when I was listening to this, I just realized that this story, all of us are working in jobs that did not exist 20 years ago. And at some point, someone just came up to most people and said, hey, kid, you want to do this thing? And that's how everyone starts in the industry. Yeah. I mean, in college, I didn't even know this was a role I could do. I was looking for a job and someone said, hey, what about ad sales? And I was like, sure, I'll give it a try. And I started and I never left. Yeah, cool. Okay, tell us a little bit more more about Freestar and the customers that you saw. Yeah, sure. So Freestar is a managed service programmatic solution. We work with all different types of publishers, like retail sites, Sears and Kmart are partners of ours, to even like top solitaire sites on the internet. So there's a big gamut of publishers that we're working with across all different types of verticals, all different sizes. We're really just looking for true partnerships and publishers where we know we can make a difference in their ad revenue. And what's interesting about our partners is that they all vary in, in their ad tech experience. So at Freestar, we have a heavy focus on customer service, which is the team I manage, so that we can provide as much or as little information as possible to our publishers, depending on their needs. There are some of those publishers that are true content creators, mom and pop websites who may not be well-versed in GAM or identity or even ad quality. And then we have some who are veterans in the ad industry and are just looking for the support from a company like Freestar. So our team really has to be all-knowing and knowledgeable in every aspect of the industry so that we can really provide that service to our publishers. I also understand that Freestar started off being a managed header bidding provider for publishers. I'm interested to know how the offering for publishers have evolved over time. 
Yeah, it's definitely evolved and grown over the years I've been here. We still have our core business model of the managed service side, but I'll say in the past year or so, maybe even two, we've expanded our offering significantly. Now we have a great app offering with our own Freestar SDK. Last year, we acquired Triple Thirteen, which is a company that brought us into the AMP monetization world, as well as our own proprietary flooring technology. We've also expanded into the newsletter space as well. So we're helping publishers monetize their newsletters. We have an SEO expert, Lindsay Valdez, who's in, she's absolutely incredible. So she works really closely with our publishers as an added value offering. Video too. So we have a VP, Tim Glenn, who is working closely with our publishers to optimize and monetize video as best as possible. That's a lot of the main offerings at the moment, but we are constantly evolving while really focusing in and maintaining on what we're really good at, which is that managed service and monetizing our websites. The newsletter thing is news to me as well, especially given how hot newsletters have become. Like in the last few years, everyone's got a sub stack these days. Yeah. So it's something we've been dipping our toes in for about a year or so. And with a lot of the identity things that are coming out, we think it's important for our publishers to take advantage of newsletters. If you think about it, you have people signing up for that. It's definitely something that I think is going to grow, especially over the next couple of years. Yeah. So Christina, let me bring it back to you. What does typical workday look like for you at Freestar? Yeah, sure. What I do at Freestar, like I mentioned before, is I really manage all of the customer-focused and customer-facing teams. So once a publisher signs with us, I manage the onboarding team that helps to onboard the publisher, and then that ongoing support team, which is our customer success managers and yield managers. For me, it's a little different every day, and I think that's what I love most about my role at Freestar. It's exciting to wake up and not really have the same task and to-do list every day. I have a very large team that I work with and we are all diving into each of our publishers on a daily basis. So I'll start my day with Slack and answering anything that came through while I was sleeping. We're global now. So we do have messages that come in overnight and I'm based in New York. So our European team is up a little earlier, as you know, and um, really just making sure I can answer them as soon as possible if there's anything they need from me. Then go through the emails. And then again, our publishers are global as well. So I have a lot of those answers that I have to get to. And then it's really meetings. I like to keep close with everybody that I manage. So I'm meeting with a lot of them weekly. And we're focusing on what we can do more for our publishers. A lot of those conversations are What can we do to optimize? How can we get them more revenue? What are some ideas we can come up with for this publisher? So it's brainstorming new optimizations or gathering updates on the various projects that we're working on. So it's exciting. It's a little bit something different every day, but the main focus and goal is making sure our publishers are happy. Sounds like you have your, just based on this, you have your hands full every single day working on interesting things. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think the team I work with now is just about 55. So there's a lot of a lot of personalities, a lot of fun things coming out of all my conversations. So it's yeah. exciting. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into like you, you mentioned you managed a few different business units, but specifically thinking about yield and optimization teams. Yes. What are some key performance metrics that your team keeps an eye on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, great question. So I think this really boils down to a lot of what the publisher's goals and KPIs are. We have trends and I think revenue is probably the biggest focus that our team is looking at, but there are some publishers who are willing to sacrifice that revenue for our user experience. So we have to keep that in mind for our KPIs. But I'll say when we're tracking performance, What we're keeping a close eye on are things like CPM, RPM, RPS, 
Viewability is definitely a big one that we're taking a look at and fill rate as well. But really, our goal is to make our publishers as much money as possible. So doing that while we're keeping their audience in mind is something that we have to balance. Yeah, that that makes sense. Would you mind, I'm familiar with CPM, RPM and viewability. Would, would, would you mind expanding on what RPS means? Yeah, sure. So that's revenue per session. So we're looking at the revenue per user session when they come to a site. Okay. It's, this stuff is always good. Like we have so many different acronyms and a lot yes. of times you have multiple acronyms for the same concept. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just measuring everything just slightly different depending on the acronym. But yeah, so I actually have on internally, we have a document, which I call the Bibliotheca with an emphasis on the tech piece, where we're defining all the a- acronyms in the industry. So our teams, when they're joining Freestar, have a full list of acronyms to learn when they join. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a document that everyone in the industry could benefit from. Yes, yes, it's <laughs> definitely something. And I feel like there's a new acronym every day. So it's important to make sure you're keeping up to speed on everything that's going on. Okay, I also want to talk about and get some information from you on what kind of ideas and experiment have you seen succeed at Freestar that other publishers, independent publishers could benefit from? Yeah, you know, I think there's not necessarily one thing that has been successful, but I think think really the general theme is publishers who are willing to test out of box solutions are ones where we find the most success from. I think it's really easy to get comfortable with your normal revenue, but we can bring things to the table that will help get your revenue to the next level. And sometimes publishers are a little hesitant to test that out. But anytime a publisher is willing to work with us and trust us in our suggestions, we've seen a lot come from that. We've had some experiments where we've actually extended the timeouts and been successful, which is not Typically, what you hear is best practice. The adoption of higher impact units such as interstitials and video has been a great test for a lot of our publishers. There was a time at least where those two types of ad formats were really scary for a publisher for their users, but we're starting to see the adoption come and our users are, or I should say website users are used to them at this time. Having our publishers test those out are something we're seeing success with. And then also even removing lower performing units to get that viewability up is really helping our publishers. Sometimes you think more ads, more revenue. But on our side, we do test removing ad units to help increase viewability. And we're seeing the overall bids and their CPM increase because of that. So there's a lot of the tests we do with things like that. Refresh is another area we experiment in as well as flooring. So there's a lot we're doing. But because we're vertical agnostic, we don't have a cookie cutter approach to our testing but I think there's really that balance that publishers have to figure out of what what's the risk you can take with testing things and the reward you can get from it. And we're really helping guide them in that conflict that they sometimes face. That's really interesting, specifically like the thing that you mentioned about timeouts, because it kind of flies in the face of conventional wisdom, because everyone says that there's a specific range. And if you go beyond that range, right. you're probably going to. So it, it's, it's, it's new information to me that extending timeouts can actually lead to better yield. Yeah. And I think it it works for very specific publishers, I should say. It's definitely not something that would be a standard practice for most partners, but we have tested it and seen success with one or two. It's just something that, you know, it's it's a thought of an out of the box idea where you wouldn't think that it could help, but for very big types of situations, it may help the the publisher and their revenue. At this point, I think I'm going to go into a topic that pretty much you can't 
walk into a room without having this conversation these days in the industry. What steps has Freestart taken to solve the third-party cookie problem for its customers? Do you have any successful tests or experiments that you know others listening in can emulate or experiment with? Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely a as you said, a topic that everybody I think is talking about. So Freestar has been preparing for this for the past few years, really. We are in the mindset that when there is finally the deprecation of the third-party cookie, we want our publishers to be prepared and for them to have minimal risk. That said, we also don't think there's a reason really to freak out at this time. I think Google has a lot of risk in this as well as their business would be impacted. So there will definitely be solutions and options for our publishers to minimize any loss of revenue with this. What we really want our publishers to do at this time is prepare for this with us. So we want them to do a few things. And what we like to tell them is first, really lean on Freestar as the experts here. As I mentioned earlier, with our customer success team, there's a focus on the knowledge of this type of subject. And we have our teams talking about this as often as possible and really diving into updates and learning about it so they can be the experts for the publishers who may not have the time to really dive into the industry news. So that's a focus on our side. We have our CTO, Pramesh, who is really endless knowledge on the subject. He recently did a webinar about this for our publishers, and he's been on panels to talk about it. So really Mm -hmm. just leaning on Freestar here. Also, Utilizing newsletters, as I said before. So this is your loyal audience who's willingly signed up for your messaging. And also remember that content matters. SEO is important and necessary here. And to keep in mind your IAB categories, your content should really fit within the bucket in which your IAB category is. So there's a lot there that we're helping our publishers with at this time. And Lindsay Valdez, our SEO expert, is helping our pubs prepare for that as well and giving them advice on the content piece. And in addition, we've set up a lot of relationships and integrations with identity providers. And we're testing that to put us ahead as this approaches. So we're going to continue to monitor the integrations as well as the deadline. And I'm sure many more conversations to come about identity. Yeah, we're just preparing. Do you have a feeling that Google might keep pushing that deadline because they've already done that, I think, three times now? I know. Yeah, we've been talking about this. So I've been reading some articles about it. And, you know, if if you hear from them, they say we're definitely going to be doing this and taking it seriously. And we are going to be sticking with this deadline. But, you know, I have a feeling it may be pushed maybe one more time. Who knows? So we have to prepare for it either way and just make sure we're getting ready for one. I do think it's going to happen, but the timing of it, I think, is subject to change. Yeah. And it seems like Freestar has a lot of different initiatives already underway to prepare for this. I think one of the things that I hear when we have conversations with publishers is the fact that there are just so many different alternate solutions that promise to solve for this problem. I, I think Ad Exchanger at one point published a list of 83 different identity providers that yes. came to solve this problem. I think that, so I appreciate the input that you have on that. Yes. Yeah. And we're definitely testing a lot of those partners so that if and when the deadline does hit, we're, we've already tested out a lot of the solutions to see what sticks and what works. But again, who knows what will happen over the next six months or a year. So we're going to continue to test and see what sticks. According to you, Christina, what are the three things publishers, publishers should focus on going into 2023? Yeah, so I think 2023 is going to be an interesting year. We're all waiting to see how the economy shapes out. But I think Publishers should really be focusing on a few things. And again, each publisher is different, but I think there's some themes they can all focus on. So first, I think it's going to be very important to keep updated on industry news and trends. It's ever changing and there are new regulations that pop up all the time. 
I think SPO is a big focus now, and we're hearing a lot about how to monitor your carbon footprint. So keeping up to date on that is important to see if there's any steps that you need to take as a publisher. And again, on the Freestar side, we're definitely doing that as well. That's one. And then I think second, because of the uncertainty with the economy, not being afraid to try new things, whether it's a new ad unit or a partner like Blockthrough testing that out, I think there are ways you can help increase your revenue that won't affect your UX and paying attention to your competitors and what they're doing is is going to be important. And I think last, and this is a theme, I think for people as well as publishers, really identify and recognize what you're good at and what you're not good at. I think focusing on improving what you're good at and then looking for help in the areas that you're not good at. For business and people in general, I think we all have a hard time identifying the things that we struggle with. And it's important to figure out in business and, you know, life too, that you can partner with others who can help balance out the pieces you need improving on and bringing it back to the Freestar partners. They're really good at content and running their website. And we're really good at the increase in the revenue side. So there's that compliment there that I think is important for people to focus on next year as well. Thank you for sharing that, Christina. If you were to restart in your current position, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah. So our VP of PubOps actually has a sign behind his desk that says, you'll think of something. And I think that is one of the best pieces of advice you can have. There are so many times at work or in life where something happens and you get stuck in the issue and sometimes feel like there's no solution and you're lost on how to handle it. But I think if you remind yourself that you'll think of something or that there's always a solution is important to keep in mind as you go through every challenge. And I think also for myself, at least I tell myself to not be afraid to lean on the team that I manage and work with every day. I think in the past couple of months, I found four really incredible leads that I work with very closely and I've learned so much for them. They're very smart in their area of expertise. And I find that every day they are teaching me something new. So I think it's also important to, or at least the advice I would give myself as well is to be humble in the new roles you're taking and not be afraid to open up the idea of learning from everybody else that's surrounding you. I think that that mantra that you mentioned of you'll think of something is it's great, not just advice to give yourself, but I think it's great advice for like anyone. It's surprisingly, like I was surprised by how uplifting that was to just be hit with that on a Wednesday morning. Yes. Yeah. And it's great too, especially if you're managing a team of people when they come to you for advice or challenges, I think it's a really great response to them too. Hey, you'll think of something. And when you do, let's talk about it. Letting people know that they have this opportunity to really sit down and just try and find solutions is important. I love it. So whenever I have a meeting with our VP of PubOps and he has that sign behind him, it's always refreshing to see. Mm -hmm. You find that even if it's a challenge we're talking through, I'm like, oh yeah, look at the sign behind me. We'll think of something here. Mm -hmm. And on that uplifting note, I want to thank you, Christina, for joining us today and also thank our listeners for tuning in. We hope you learned something new and useful that you can apply to your own business. If you haven't already, subscribe to Slice of AdTech on Google, Apple, Spotify, or any other place you get your podcasts from so you never miss an episode. Know someone who you'd love to hear from or you think is a good fit for our next episode, send your suggestions to marketing at blockthrough.com or just say hi. We love hearing from you. This is VJ and we'll see you next time.